Grace, mercy, and peace to you from the Holy Trinity. Amen. Alleluia! Christ is risen! Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia! In the event that you haven't been glued to your liturgical calendars the way I have, today is the last Sunday in Easter. That's right, Easter lasts for 50 days, which is a whole 10 more than Lent that precedes it. (laughs) And yet, try as I might, I cannot find a Cadbury cream egg for the life of me anywhere in this city. I could go on a tirade about how society co-opts Christian holidays only to bastardize them through commercialization and an unwillingness to accept that they might be more than one day long for a reason. Which makes a little sense, because who wouldn't want to celebrate Easter for 50 days, especially if it means more chocolate? But instead of theologizing about society, this week I've been spending a lot of time thinking about the last sentence in the reading from Acts we heard just a moment ago. And he and his entire family rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. The he being referred to is, of course, the jailer who was watching over Paul and Silas while they were in jail for casting out annoying demons and such, and who, in response to the prisoner's chains being broken, draws out his sword to kill himself. It seems that a feeling of guilt or shame or fear or some combination of all of those made the jailer want to take his life because it seemed like the best option for him. And yet, that very same night, a matter of hours later, he was rejoicing because he was a believer in God surrounded by other people of faith eating dinner together. And so as I spent this week thinking about rejoicing and thinking about each one of you, I came to a realization. If you've spent much time around here, I don't think it will come as a surprise for me to tell you that I believe I have a spiritual gift of joy. I cannot tell you the number of personality inventories I had to take before and during seminary to discover what kind of person I am, and approximately zero times was it ever a surprise. I have an extreme capacity for joy. Rejoicing is pretty much the default mode for me. Someone baptized? Rejoice. Gotten an argument? Rejoice because I learned something about myself. Easter vigil went off without a hitch. Major rejoicing. (laughs) I don't tend to think twice about rejoicing, so for me this story seemed kind of bland. Until I thought about what you all have taught me this year. I think often about each of you as I see some of you crying out, and others of you reassuring with words of, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here through requests for prayers on Facebook, and in the prayers of the people, and in conversations that take place in supper clubs, and on retreats, and in coffee shops during office hours. And the next day, I see those roles reversed. I know that this carries some of you through your deepest moments, but I believe that God, in some way, brings all of you together to be part of each other's sorrows, and of each other's joys. I know this community has an extreme capacity for intensity, listening to the prayers of the people crying out Kyrie eleison and begging for healing, comfort, and hope. I know this community can grieve together, be angry together, and forgive together when children get murdered in elementary schools. I've seen this community pour out its collective heart on a forgotten street, in a forgotten neighborhood, on the Friday that our Lord was nailed to a cross. Your ability to feel things, especially dark things, and be vulnerable enough to talk about them, 
and ask for help from others never ceases to blow my mind. And yet, this church still celebrates Easter like it's no one's business. We bless bicycles. We grow food to give away. We sing hymns at the top of our lungs in a bar. And we have dance parties, chocolate fountains, and bacon. (laughs) Because Easter isn't confined to 50 days in the spring. Every day, God raises the dead parts of each one of our lives and the lives of those around us to become renewed and refreshed. But these 50 days are set aside for us to rejoice in the mystery of the death of Christ and of the empty tomb. And what you've taught me about rejoicing comes from what you've taught me about your intensity for carrying pain. I've learned from you that the two go hand in hand. Your deep capacity for holding pain and being vulnerable and telling the dark truth means you have the same deep capacity for rejoicing, especially in the promises of grace and new life brought to us through Easter. You have the same capacity for joy and suffering because you have experienced both. And that capacity for both is what made this story about rejoicing so much more powerful for me. It's not just a story about rejoicing. It's a story about why people can rejoice. You've taught me that we cannot be a community which prays intensely without being a community that rejoices intensely. And conversely, you've taught me that I cannot be a person who rejoices without end, without being a person who allows myself to feel pain and to walk in your pain. The jailer, moments before he rejoiced, felt pain enough to draw his own sword on himself. And he did not later rejoice in a vapid and fluffy way. He and his family rejoiced because he had experienced the grave and was experiencing newly belonging to God's family. He rejoiced because he experienced new life. Having experienced graves of our own, we then are able to rejoice. Like the jailer's family, we have rejoiced the day people were baptized because something, the body and blood of Christ for Sherry, the promises of grace and forgiveness through hearing the gospel preached for Cassie, something pulled those two into a life of faith in God. And in those moments of baptism, surrounded by a community which knows how to rejoice, two children of God were claimed as members of the body of Christ. Just last week, More than a couple dozen folks showed up in the middle of the night to surround friends and strangers with the love of Christ and sing praises to God as we celebrated and blessed their joining together in a legal union. And in the tears of joy that were shed that night, I saw the family of the jailer rejoicing. Rejoicing because these people had experienced rejection and now were able to realize a new life celebrated together. We rejoice together in the presence and in, in presence and in spirit in a way that only a community deeply rooted in the sacraments of baptism and communion can. Rejoicing in the way we do, with prayers of thanksgiving, shouts of alleluia, and even some good old-fashioned beer and hymns, is a response to the connection that we all share in Christ. The places our lives intersect with one another and with God both places of fear and doubt which give others the chance to tell us we are still here, and the places of joy and gratitude which give all the chance to rejoice are holy places. They're places rooted in the resurrection hope of the risen Christ, who is present with us in water and wine and bread 
which feed and sustain us as we share in life together, connected through God to one another. Amen.